Gary and myself have seen some positives from some individual players in spring training for the Pittsburgh Pirates and with opening day shortly coming up. Are some of these going to trickle into the season? More of that of Locked on Pirates. You are Locked on Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to that Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, host of the Locked On Pirates podcast, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every day. It is March 20th, Gary, which means uh, spring training is about to be an afterthought. Uh, Opening day is starting in almost 10 days, uh, weather permitting in the wonderful city of Cincinnati, Ohio, which is why they have the day off the next day, because I feel like just because... For content purposes, they're going to push the game back a day. But, Gary, how are you, man? Everything going great? I'm good, brother. And, man, does spring training feel long when you haven't had a full one in three years? Yes. Yeah. It's kind of – it's starting to drag. But, you know, it's bringing up old memories as as to what spring training is really supposed to be about. So it's kind of cool to see. Yeah, and it's very interesting that you bring that up because it's like, when was the last time we had a full spring training 2019? So yep. this is the first time in four years that we're really seeing this entire schedule again. And also the WBC seems long too. I felt like it was going to be over by now and you'd see most of the guys back. And then I'm like, Oh wait, they're just now getting to like the knockout stages of this. So lots of stuff going on in the world of baseball, lots of stuff going on with Ethan's voice. So if you're listening to this today and I sound raspy, it's because I'm under the weather. So complain in the comments if you want about how I sound today, but still here with Gary and spring training. Speaking of it, there's been a lot of positive things to take away from spring training. I can also say this right now too. There's been a lot of negative things to take away from spring training, but for the sake of positivity, we're going to stay positive about most of the things we say today. And I think one of the biggest ones so far that I've noticed personally for watching all the games is something that I said on my show all offseason is going into 2023, Key Brian Hayes has to hit the baseball, and he has to hit it hard. What has he done in spring training? He's hit the baseball pretty damn hard. (laughs) Uh, I believe I saw a statistic that if he was on the pace that he is on in spring training for an entire year, his average exit velocity would be higher than Aaron Judge. Now, I'm not saying he's going to do that. That's asinine to even say that he would even get that close. But... Let's just, in a hypothetical world, say that this does trickle into the regular season and he has a pretty good pace of average exit velocity and he's hitting 265, 270. I mean, is that the theoretical cherry on top to the extension that they signed him to at this point if he adds to his already great defensive prowess? I mean, I'm one of those people that's going to tell you ad nauseum that the contract's good regardless of whether he hits or not. But obviously, you'd prefer him to hit. Yeah. I mean, you have a corner, a corner infield position. You need offense from that spot on the on the field. As good as his defense is, you got to have something. And he's he's doing exactly what he needed to do. He bulked up. He's got a little more power. He's pulling the ball. 
Pulling the ball for Cabrian Hayes is something that he has struggled mightily to do for the last two seasons. And it hasn't changed his approach to the point where he's dead pull. He can hit it the other way still. Yep. I, I love what I'm seeing from Cabrian Hayes right now. Yeah, and another big thing with him as well is let's just also hope that he stays healthy this year. That I think that's going to be the biggest thing is I'd hate for him to have this good spring, start the season hot, and then have a like a nagging injury that just stops him from the pace that he's on. Because, I mean, as mentioned, and I agree with you, I think the contract extension is perfectly fine. He could hit 225 every year, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's going to win gold gloves, though, for you. So that's a great, very great contract. And thankfully, we've also, I feel like, gotten past the I'm going to talk about Brian Reynolds every single day and figure out the contract extension for him. But then you look at another, like, couple of things that have been going on in spring training that are very positive. Uh, O'Neill Cruz's strikeout rate is another thing that I've noticed that has kind of trickled down. Now, obviously, small sample sizes, take these with a grain of salt. But I would also expect that that's something that O'Neill Cruz is going to fix throughout the year as well. I mean, that's really what O'Neill Cruz has been, really, throughout his minor league career. He He's never been a guy that that couldn't couldn't control himself at the plate and yeah. struck out repeatedly. He, he actually hit for average early on. You know, it was really his AAA season that wasn't that great. And I think a lot of people kind of equated that to being just a little disgruntled that he was there in the first place, you know? Yeah. Um, all in all, though, I think what we're going to see from O'Neill Cruz this year is a much more professional-looking hitter. And, and he's still got that crazy upside. So I'm happy to see what I'm seeing from him, too. The exit velocity is still there. Um, the defense, it looks like he's really worked on his footwork quite a bit. Um, seems to be doing a little bit less of the shuffling before he uncorks a throw. And with the bat, yeah, I think he's taking a better approach. Even against lefties, I've seen him really kind of dial it back and, and stay back on balls a lot more, which you know, is what he has to do. This isn't a guy that's ever going to not strike out. I mean, that swing is too violent for him to just oh, yeah. go, go through a season like at a 20% clip or something. But I, yeah. I think he can keep it manageable. Well, and I feel like that's all you really want to expect is I'd say a good number that we would want to see from him to get under is 30%. I would say 30 to 35%. If he can get under that number, you're probably in a good spot because as you mentioned, the kid literally tries to hit the ball 500 feet every time he hits it. Now, is he doing that every time? No. Can he also hit singles and doubles? Yes, he can do that. But as you mentioned, with the swing that he does possess, it's just something you're going to have to live with. But it's also the way baseball has changed now. You're more acclimated to the guy that's going to hit 30 home runs, but also strike out 35% of the time. And honestly, sometimes it's okay. It's better than grounding into a double play. I would say that. Uh, but as yeah, sorry. <laughs> as you mentioned with his defense too, though, I didn't uh, see yesterday that he had that wonderful 94.8 mile per hour throw. And that took me back to last year when you saw how he was just firing the ball over there and doing the shuffling, as you mentioned. And then he finally realized, oh, wait, I don't have to put all of my power into throwing this to first base. How much do you think defensively for him 
that having a guy like G-Man Choi, who is much better defensively than anybody they had over there last year, do you think that's going to help um, O'Neal Cruz defensively in that department as well, having a guy that he knows he can trust, that it doesn't have to be 100% on target every time? It's not going to hurt, but it's also, I don't think, what caused his issues last year. You know, I, I think O'Neal caused his own problems last year, and they focused on it. The footwork, the the throttling back of the throw, that's all very purposeful. That's why Morales is here. They're working together on that. They have all spring. He, From all the coaches, nobody has worked harder at their fielding than O'Neill Cruz this spring. So, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pleased to see what we're seeing from him. I think it's a nice step forward. The first baseman makes a difference. Let's face it, the first baseman makes a difference on a bad throw. Yeah. That they can make better. I want to see Cruz make fewer bad throws. Yes. You know, and I think that's really where the real improvement will come with him. And I we're starting to see some positive signs there. So Yeah, and you bring up a great point there too. Like it doesn't the first baseman, like the ball is five feet over his head. It doesn't matter if it's the best defensive first baseman in baseball, he ain't catching it. But I think Cruz will hopefully bring that down. Uh, Key Brian Hayes as well. Obviously, you're not worrying about his defense, which is very funny on that left side of the infield that you have two guys that are very good in two different departments, and you're trying to make sure that they also catch up in the other departments, but they're the complete opposite departments. So I'm like, oh, yeah, look, Key Brian Hayes, hit more. O'Neal Cruz, play defense more. Now And then you're creating a, f- a very fun uh, left side of the infield. Now, Gary, if you want to create a very fun left side of the infield for your theoretical team should check out ultimate baseball GM ultimate pro baseball GM. Of course, I always say it. I get geeked out by it. I play this game every day. I literally sit here and instead of scrolling on TikTok, I build a baseball team. So if you ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your professional baseball franchise, well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing difficult personalities, and navigating your franchise through free agency and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Baseball GM is completely free and playable online. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Pirates listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store, so make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit ProBaseballGM.com. Scan the code either there or under this video or look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. Combined, I've played about 35 seasons of that over the course of it because you get 25 seasons, and I've won zero championships because the vaunted Colorado Rockies knocked me out of the wild card three years in a row. Um, That will likely not happen again, Uh, but more positives from spring training. We've talked about Cruz. We've talked about Hayes. Second base gets interesting now because Castro has struggled. Bay has struggled. There's a lot of struggles going on here. Yeah. But is it more of a positive to the sense that now you're going to probably get more looks at a lot of these guys 
rather than Castro just being handed the position, as I mentioned, I thought that he would have to earn it again. He earned it last year, but if this is a pace that we're going to see from Rodolfo Castro, I don't think he holds on to that position very long. I think to begin the season, he holds on to it. And I think what they've been asking him to do, um, which is improve defensively, and they want him to be able to, to man third base. That's why he's going to make this team 100%. Nobody else can play third base besides no. Cabrian Hayes. And he might be their best shortstop backup. So, I mean, I see him making this team probably starting every day at second base, morphing into a good bench bat at worst, who can switch hit and play multiple positions in the infield. He, he, to me, is not a question mark to make this team. I am disappointed that I haven't seen anybody push him yeah. from behind, really. Uh, inc- you know, Matthias is here now. It's not fair to really say whether he's pushed him or not. He just got here. Nick Gonzalez has probably put the best show on as far as second base, but not being on the 40-man, he was never really in this competition. No. Um, Castro starts day one. If you want a positive, I think he has handled all of the defensive positions well that they've put him in, and he has been tirelessly working on becoming a better hitter from the right side. Well, I mean, you know me, you know me and my affinity for switch hitting, so that's why I'm very happy that when Endy gets up here, if Castro is still here, we're going to have four in the lineup every day, and that is going to make me a very happy person. Uh, But switching the pitching, though, uh, pitching this spring has had a lot of negative discourse in certain areas, mostly the bullpen because of the injury to Harleen Garcia. Um, Obviously, I think most everybody that I've talked to has agreed to the point that I don't think they're going to trade for a guy. And Craig actually put it really well on our show on Thursday that you have to realize that the Pirates are going to go out and trade for a bullpen arm. They are looking for a very specific type of player. You're looking for a back end of the bullpen guy who's also a lefty that a team also wants to get rid of. I'm going to hear and tell you right, everybody right now, that's not happening. So then you look at the non-roster invitees, and you'll eventually get into that point eventually. But when you look at starting pitching, man, I think I saw you say something to somebody on Twitter about having a bottom five rotation. And do I don't know where people get that notion right now. With how Mitch Keller and Rolanzi Contreras look, on top of adding Rich Hill and Brubaker looking a lot better, the Pirates might actually have, rather than a negative, a positive coming from the rotation this year based off of how things have looked so far. They absolutely are set up that way, and people get those kind of notions from not watching the Pirates and just having fun trying to make people feel bad for enjoying a sport that they don't. That's really all it is. They're not watching this. They don't no. know who's on this team. They couldn't probably even name the you know, the rotation as it sits right now. A lot of the time, that's the way I come back, Ethan. I'll just say, name them. <laughs> name I mean, them. It, as soon as you force them to Google it, they see themselves how stupid they are, and they never come back and answer. I mean, this rotation's not going to be a problem is it the best in the league no but is it middle it's middle ground it's a middle ground rotation i think and it can hang with just about everybody they've got mitch keller i think if he is as good as he can be he's he's up there with with probably the top you know 15 to 20 
starting pitchers in, in the league, I would say, as far as like what he can do. Mm-hmm. And Rowanzi, we just don't know. Too young. Haven't seen him very much. He's been at WBC, so we're not really getting to see him firsthand. Um, got a little shaky towards the end of last year. I kind of need to see a little bit more from him just to kind of count him in that this is going to be great mix, you know? Yeah. Brubaker, man, worst case scenario, he's a number five, and I think he's locked in as as that type of pitcher. He's going to give you a decent outing most night. He's going to give you innings. He's going to blow up every once in a while, too. Rich Hill's Rich Hill. Man, dude could roll out of bed when he's 65 and probably throw what he throws yep. and, and and do well. And Velasquez, Velasquez might have been the most impressive so far. The guy looks real good. And, yep. you know, whether you want to admit it or not, because I know most of us hated the pickup, he looks good. Well, I won't even really necessarily say that I hated the pickup. It was more of I feel like there was an overreaction on my part when they immediately came out and said, oh, he's going to be a starter. And everybody was like, okay, wait, Luis Ortiz looked great. Yoan Oviedo looked good at the end of the last year. But also, if Vince Velasquez looks good, <clears throat> imagine being able to give Yoan Oviedo and Luis Ortiz time to figure things out in AAA and come up here as more established products. That is why Vince Velasquez being good right now and looking the best in spring that he's had is very important because the Pirates this year are not just throwing guys out there. And, I mean, there's a real argument in a real world where you see Caleb Smith as a guy that they maybe bring up every once in a while. Ugh. Which, I mean... I mean, yeah. when, I, when I look at that starting rotation, we talked about who's actually going to start. I may be more excited about what I've seen from the guys that I think are going to be backing them up. Like Quinn Priester didn't get much opportunity, but I yeah. still like his trajectory. Carmen Majinski has looked unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stuff is there. Mike Burroughs. Wow. I mean, like Mike Burroughs. Friend of the podcast, Mike Burroughs. Yeah. Even Osvaldo Beto has looked really good. Uh, he only got one real good opportunity, but man, did he look sharp. I mean, but they've got a lot of options that can come up here and help. So it's, I don't think they're going to have to do anything cute, really, even with starting pitching, even if there was an injury. You've got guys that I might consider before you get to Oviedo and and Ortiz, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of it, too, is one thing that I've been saying about this 2023 Pirates team, and this doesn't only apply to the starting pitching rotation. They have the ability for once in a very long time. It's been a very long time since they've had the ability to do this, where you're going to have the argument that there are MLB caliber players in AAA for quite some time because there's just nowhere to put them. And that's where I think it gets really interesting is, like you mentioned, I mean, Oviedo and Ortiz are the sexy names to bring up. But there's other guys that are impressing just as much. I mean, even Cody Bolton is going to show off eventually, and he has the potential to either be a bullpen arm or a starting rotation guy. The Pirates pitching-wise are going to be fine. The Harleen Garcia thing scares me still just because I don't I, – I just don't know if we can trust Jose Hernandez as your one lefty arm in the bullpen. 
No. I mean, a couple of notes there. Bolton, for one, is he's going to be bullpen 100% this year. Yeah. So, okay. I like that, giving him a direction. Like, this is what you're going to do. I think he'll make this club this year mm. uh, in the bullpen, and I'm excited about that. He's looked fabulous. You're absolutely right to name him. Um, as far as Hernandez, I mean, this is what happens when you build your system and your major league team is populated. Jose Hernandez was probably not going to get past double A with the Dodgers. Yeah. And, and he's looked every bit a major league pitcher with us. So let's let's see how it plays out once we actually get into the season. I'm still concerned about him being the only lefty. I disagree with Craig a little bit, and he knows this. I, I would go out and make some kind of a move. And I don't care if I get specifically what I want back. I just need a lefty. Yeah. I've got a glut of other players I'm never going to get to. So I make the move. Yeah. And that's where a lot of it will get interesting. And we'll get into that here shortly after I talk about FanDuel Sportsbook. You guys can probably see it because Gary's jacket is not all the way in frame, but he is wearing his Pitt Panthers jacket. So if you want to go bet on Pitt today, because we're uh, recording this on Sunday, but it'll be up tomorrow. So actually, hopefully you bet on Pittsburgh at FanDuel Sportsbook. So now me telling you this doesn't mean anything. And I could look like a real idiot if they lose. So it's okay. But if they win, which you guys would know by now, uh, the tournament is heating up. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And, of course, you can include your core market bets like spread, money line, and total, player points, rebounds, assists, and more. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. And if you would have listened to me yesterday, based off of my March Madness bracket, I had Arkansas beating Kansas because Kansas always blows it in the second round every year. And you're going to bet that at FanDuel.com. So make sure you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $1,000 in bonus bets on your no-sweat first bet. And make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. So positives again, positives abound. This is very funny that I think about this now that we're saying all these good things. In a week into the season... I get the first week after the season starts, Gary, I know we're going to have something happen or something said that's going to be like, oh, great. We're a week into the season and this is already happening. Um, But I have a lot of confidence, actually, for this team to get to a good start. And a lot of people have asked me why. Well, when we go to the wonderful ESPN app and look at the Pirates schedule to start the season, I mean, you're talking about a nice little set against the Reds. I would go out on a limb, Gary, and say the Pirates are better than the Reds. Uh, And then they head to Boston for a series against the Red Sox and then the White Sox. I feel like there's a real argument that you can make that the Pirates are better than all three of those teams. They could be better than all those teams, but, you know, Boston is the worst team in the AL East. And the AL East is crazy. But they might they might be what the second best team in the NL Central. Yeah. You know, I 
it's hard for me to it's hard for me to really look right now and and decide where the pirates fit against other teams as far as competition the reds are fairly obvious they're in a full-blown rebuild they are what they are that said man they got some top line pitchers i mean we we watched hunter green shut them down last year yep um Lodolo's no joke you know they, they they're not that bad as far as uh, the pitch goes you know on given night and i think their bullpen will let them down a lot you know you know they're not ready to climb out of the basement of the nl central so yeah we should rack up some wins there boston eh. chicago chicago should have won last year they should have been good last year so yep who knows maybe they'll come out and play their asses off this year i don't know but it, it it's set up for a decent start after that it gets pretty painful Yes, I won't mention after that. Remember, this is a positive <laughs> show. Uh, just so you, for the for the sake of saying it, so everybody knows. Uh, then you get Astros, Cardinals, Rockies, and then Reds, Dodgers, Nationals. It gets very interesting. Which I do wonder how much, and all the positive things we're saying this year about this team. I wonder how much some of these rule changes and the schedule change and stuff is going to really affect this team. I don't know if it's something that it'll be like a major effect that'll have like conversation points for me or you on your podcast as well. But I mean, you have to think that playing all 30 teams is going to change your approach to certain things, right? I mean, playing the NL central less in a, in a down year is not something that I'd like, you know, Yeah, I'd rather play them the normal amount and, and rack up the wins you could rack up. But, um, Every team's got to do it. So, I mean, balanced schedule, that's the beauty of it, is everybody's doing it. So, I mean, I, I, I don't worry all that much about the schedule or the roles. Everybody's facing the same roles. If you are too stupid to take advantage of what's given to you and you decide not to steal bases when everybody else is, well, you deserve to lose. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, bigger bases, you have a – I would also arguably go out and say – the Pirates have a fast team. I mean, you look at a guy like Jack Sawinski, and you're like, oh, there's no way this guy's fast. Then you see him run the base pass, and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> this guy can move. Brian Reynolds can move. Key Brian Hayes, very fast. We already know O'Neill Cruz is fast. I mean, they have a fast team. That's a, something that I think they should take advantage of this year. I want to see them steal bases like Ricky Henderson style. Like, just take them. They're there. It's like free samples at Costco. Like, just, like, I mean, at this point, with how the bases are. And then, I mean, as far as you look, too, in this show that I did um, last week, stacking up this team with the NL Central, the more and more that I kept looking at individual position groups with this team versus the other teams in the NL Central, I was making arguments that the Pirates were in the top three in almost every position group in the NL Central, except catcher. That was like the only one where I was like, okay, but even Austin Hedges defensively is going to probably put you up there. But I know, I think, I don't remember if you mentioned it uh, a while ago, but I mean, there's a real argument to make that this team has the second best rotation in the NL Central. Sure. It's a real argument. No, I, I think it absolutely is an argument. Um, depends on, obviously, performance. But yeah, I, I think Milwaukee is probably still the best rotation in in the division i think the cardinals they have been unable to keep their rotation healthy 
Yeah. Um, if they're healthy, they they probably are it. It's but but the Pirates could very easily squeak in there and, and be number two this year uh, in that division. I think they have enough backup that that could come up here and fortify it that they actually could wind up finishing stronger than they start. Believe it or not. Yeah. So I like I like where they're at um, at this stage with with their rotation. I think across the board with the team, Ethan. If you just want overall positivity. Do we win like a one-to-one comparison, like for position groups? Maybe not, but I bet we win for depth at a lot of positions. Oh yeah, and I think we have more quality MLB-capable options than a lot of teams do at some of these positions, and injuries happen. So it's going to be a big factor this year, I think. Yeah, having having depth for the first time in a long time. Like, this will be my third season covering this team, and I feel like this is the first time going into the season that there's legitimate, like, optimism about some of these things. Because the last two years, it was, okay, Key Brian Hayes is playing opening day. He gets a home run. Great. Key Brian Hayes hits a home run opening day. Practically breaks his wrist the next day. <laughs> then, we wait, <laughs> then, we, then we wait four months for O'Neill Cruz to come up last year. And that's really all it was, is it was like, okay, we're watching these guys come up finally. Things are starting to get a roll on. But now this year, there's a real case to be made that this team could win 75 games, which that'll be coming next week from me, my prediction show. I'm not doing it yet. And also something that you guys are going to enjoy that me and Gary talked about is I think you guys would remember that we did our predictions for the week every week last year. So the, on here, where you guys see this wonderful ticker, there's going to be a tally of it and how each week went. So we're going to have very nice fun with that. But, Gary, I also know you're a busy guy as well. So what do you have going on this week, the last full week before opening day? Yeah, uh, we're Five Thoughts at Five every Monday. Um, Wednesdays I do this uh, Q&A, hump day Q&A ask any questions you want and I'll try to make a pretty detailed answer about it. Craig does uh, from the prospect porthole every Thursday, Tuesdays are top fives of different prospect oriented things. And we're, we're pounding all kinds of new stuff out there. And I think we've covered just about every player on the perceived roster at some point. So yeah, just busy, busy, busy. And the Pirates fan forum every Saturday. Yep, it's going to be a fun time. Like I uh, just mentioned, I didn't even realize it after I said it, that this is the last full week that we have to wait before we get opening day baseball. So if you're a Team Bubble customer, make sure you get your free MLB TV if you're out of market like I am. Uh, I'm on Verizon, but I'm going to steal my parents' uh, information for that so I can do that. But, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today on Monday, March 20th. Hope you guys are all having a phenomenal day evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening. Thank you guys always for tuning into this podcast. And myself and Gary, we'll see you on the flip side.